Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps, that's hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hi, this is Stephanie Hi, Megan. Stephanie Megan. You're listening You're to Broke Girl Therapy. Because therapy is too expensive. You're listening to Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Girl Therapy. I'm so excited. I love this color. We are bright. And I love your eyes, everything. Oh, well, thank you. Everything. I love it. So let's do it. Let's All do right. it. All right. Let's do it. Hi, guys. It's me, Stephanie Megan, your host of Broco Therapy. And guess what? We have Dr. Stephanie on the show. That's right. Another Stephanie. Another Stephanie. I, I, was, bro- I broke your chair. Yes. <laughs> broke my chair. I've never had another Stephanie on the show. You are the first one. And well, you're I'm a doctor. Honored. I Which am. is like incredible. Do you want to give just a little bit of a background, a brief background for everyone on, um, you know, what you do and what you studied and all of that? Would love to. Yeah. So I'm actually a clinical sexologist and my PhD is in human sexuality. Mm-hmm. My master's is in clinical psychology. And okay. then uh, I'm also a certified sex coach. Okay. Amazing. I'm also uh, an erotic artist. I paint yes. oil paintings of goddesses. I, I love to paint nude women, especially I find vintage nude women and paint them. I love that. Yeah. And uh, create different themes with it. And I'm a TikTok creator. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thrilled. We met through Danny. Oh, love, and love me some Danny. Yes. Everyone that I've like met through Danny, I've just like have been such a huge fan of, yeah. with because it's just you guys are all just incredible. And, you know, I've had the show for like six years and a lot of times it's like us talking about like our sex lives and all that stuff. And I, you know, I'll be honest, like in the past, like, I don't know if a lot of things were factual, you know what I mean? Cause we were just talking about our experiences. Well, sure. And so it's, it feels good to have a professional, let alone a doctor oh. here to like, make sure that we have the proper sexual health. And mm-hmm. I think that like, you know, in America for me, I feel like I lacked that, you know, yes. like lacked good quality education on sex growing up. Well, so we still do. We still do, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, you know, like, for instance, I didn't even find, like, where my clit was until, like, a few years ago. Oh, yeah, that's common. (laughs) Yeah, so. Yeah, in fact, one of the reasons, uh, because I believe our trauma uh, passes down through our DNA, and one of the reasons I got into this uh, was not only for my own sexual healing, but because of both of my grandmothers. Mm. One of my grandmothers was raped at 14 and got pregnant by her grandfather. Oh, my gosh. And then the other grandma 
she was just a character, but she said she was born without a clit, which that wasn't the case. It was that she was married to the same man for 50 years. They slept in separate rooms, mm-hmm. and he never pleasured her sexually. And when she, towards the end of her life, she told me, and, you know, we laughed and thought it was funny, but now I realize there was a lot of pain in it. She mm-hmm. said, you know, if I had my life to do over again, I wouldn't have been married for 50 years and had four kids. I would have been a whore. Mm. and you know we laughed and laughed but then yeah. now I realize she said that out of pain because when she died they went into her apartment and in one of her bedrooms it was ceiling to uh, floor books romance novels you couldn't even wow. get in there so she craved it even to her in 84 years old Oh, so that's one of the reasons too that led me I know how important sex is to all of us mm-hmm and it, it's like it's it's crazy because like I you know I do get a lot of like hate Instagram likes to like push my content to like a lot of misogynistic men mm-hmm. and I every day there's like just flooding of comments of just like some random you know male telling me that like we'll never find a man or mm-hmm. like why would you put this out there and it's just like mm-hmm. it's crazy because it's like we're that's how we got here as mm-hmm. human beings. Like this is so right. normal. Sex is completely normal right. and there's so much shame. And, That's right. and I'm just like glad that like we're all here to like talk about it sure. and to kind of normalize, sure. the, you know, the feeling. Well, I know when I was growing up, me and my sister both uh, were subject to religious abuse and um, my aunts would, even at the age of eight, and nine years old, cast demons out of me in the dark but they would call it sex demons and first of all I knew what a demon was and I was scared to death but I had no idea what sex was Mm. so needless to say I grew up very afraid of sex (gasps) me too and very shamed yeah and it took me in fact I was married through my 20s and I remember when we were first married I would even after me and my husband would have sex I would go in the bathroom and ask God to forgive me God. And you were married. And I was married. So it took me many years of my journey to heal mm. and get past all of that. And did you, is that when you all started All of that is school? man-made. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, it was actually before my own mm. personal journey with my own personal sexuality. Okay. But all that is man-made because, listen, each and every one of us are born sexual beings. Now, because of our experiences, our upbringing, mm. society, religion, Disney movies, whatever it is, we're meant to believe that this is the way it is. Uh, monogamy, heterosexuality is, you know, if you don't have that, then you're not truly in love. Look, while monogamy, I totally respect it, you have to realize that it's actually a choice. You're going against your very nature when you make that choice. So naturally, after a period of time, you're going to find yourself like a board of your partner. And that doesn't mean that you don't love them or still even find them attractive. You're just going against your nature. Mm. So uh, I have to explain that a lot to my monogamous couples that I work with, that it's normal to be going through this. So then you have to almost work extra hard to bring that that you know excitement back into right right and so I just have so many questions and my mind just like jambled <laughs> like, all, like, like wait one by one one by one stuff so you know going back to like monogamy we you know I wanted to speak more about like open relationships mm-hmm. and um so I have a boyfriend now mm-hmm. 
And I guess right now you c- I would consider us monogamy because we're not like dating any other people. We're not having sex with anyone else. But it's been a conversation of, you know, like at one point, like we could explore that. We're just, you know, we just don't feel like we're ready because mm-hmm. um, we're only we've only dated for like about like two years. So I feel like it's still like although it's been a good while, it's still fresh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, And so like I, I guess it's just and I've never been in an open relationship. Like I was really like like you mentioned um, grew up with a lot of shame, grew up in a very super Catholic household. Um, my mother now is still like very, you know, very much Christian and traditional. like e- traditional mm-hmm. and like has, you know, shamed me for even having a show talking about sex. Oh, I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. it's still, and like I said, like I found uh-huh. my clit a few years ago. So it's been a journey for me. Sure. And I am, you know, like, again, I, I am human. I'm very sexual. So like what? what is like the first like once we're ready like what is what what are some advice to kind of like start having an open relationship and start like actually no better question what are all the different categories okay of what an open relationship i'm just gonna start there anyway yeah so there, that's right there's different there's so many different types of quote open relationship it's basically what you're seeking and what works for you mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that an open relationship is just swingers. It's a free-for-all. That's not true. You know, like some people, their their idea of open relationship is to occasionally invite a female in or to occasionally invite a male in. Mm. Uh, I have some couples that only want, like only the, the wife plays outside the, the relationship, you know, but that's, they're open that way. Right. Um, or both couples can see other people or they play together. Or they have certain rules, like they don't allow emotional involvement. Or they have rules that they do allow. It just depends on what they are seeking. I always ask them, well, what are you truly seeking here? Why are you doing this? What is this about? And I find, and then there's people that are just, you know, total swingers, and that's great. Right. I find that the couples that are the most successful in open relationships or the ones that do it out of love. And what I mean mm. by that is they say, I love my partner so much and I love myself so much that I want us to have all these beautiful experiences. Right. Either yeah. separate or together. That's real love. I, I worked with a couple that was open and uh, she was actually trying to get him to experience um sex with a man and he wasn't that interested and I said um how have you come so far to do this and she says I love him so much I would love him to experience that pleasure Mm. but you know because of his upbringing he was blocked to it and that's when I thought wow yeah she loved him right right she really loved him and so how how do you do because I guess my biggest concern is like especially my boyfriend like I do see us having a family Mm -hmm. and like you know, eventually the will, there will be like kids involved. And, mm-hmm. you know, what if we decide to like open up the relationship then? Like, I think my biggest concern is like scared of like, what if it ruins the family or what if it like taints the kids somehow? Like, I don't know. Like, okay, I don't well, know. First of all, when <laughs> <laughs> first uh, advice I give people when they are uh, in an open relationship is to tell no one. Now, I know some people can own it, and that's great, but especially my couples with young children, 
I have couples that come from very conservative cultures, and they're they're um, uh, people around them. They have no idea what they're doing, mm-hmm. and I tell them to keep it that way. What a couple does between the two of them. Their consenting is nobody's business but their own. I don't care if it's your very best friend that says that she will totally support you. She will judge you. How do I know that? Because we are all human beings. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, unless she herself is there, she will start to fear it. Mm -hmm. She'll fear that freedom. She'll fear that, and so she'll start to judge it. So I always, and every time my couples have not listened to me, they've always lost that friend, or they've Mm. always felt shame. I just say, nobody needs to know. Your kids don't need to know. Why do they need to know that? Yeah, yeah. Nobody needs to know. At home, you're mommy and daddy and traditional life. Right. Well, how about if it's like an emotional relationship? Okay. I usually... Don't recommend that. Okay. Uh, what I have found, why I love my poly clients, um, there are usually a lot of drama involved. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think it's not that you... I always like the idea, if you're looking for emotional attachment with it, just to find something like, quote, friends with benefits. Okay. And if you're going to play together, then find you like a group of couples that you like really well. Right. And play with them. Okay, I see. Yeah, because that was always my biggest concern too. Was like, how do you navigate through that? You mm-hmm. know. And you, well, that's you, why I would ask then the couple. Okay, yeah. you're looking for emotional attachments outside of your relationship. I would then ask, why is that? What What is? What do you feel is not? What's What's lacking within you, or what mm-hmm. are you not getting that you need that? So I see. I would explore that first. Yeah, but know? that's like that's therapy right now, there. No, that's yeah. different than. I need to be friends with them first. Okay. You see, that's totally different. Okay. Because often uh, one of the boundaries I do give my uh, couples that are starting out is the boundary is if you do find yourself becoming, having any type of emotional attachment to your play partner, you stop it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Because that was my thing. Because when I was Mm -hmm. single, you know, um, again, my relationship with sex is, uh, like a lot of us, there's a lot of shame and all that stuff. But I, when I was single and I was dating around and I was going through like my hoe phase and all that stuff, I would it was very difficult because I would always form an attachment even though the guy was Mm -hmm. like I just want to just be friends with benefits Mm -hmm. I don't want a relationship 
And I would be like, oh, yeah, I'd play it cool. And I would think like, okay, that's fine because like the sex was really good. I don't want to let that go. And then, of course, I would become attached. So it was really hard to separate You know why? Because that comes right from shame. Because Mm. in your mind, you thought, unless I'm attached to him, I'm a whore. shit. It has nothing to do with him. You were not attached to those guys. You're out of your own shame. You did that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that you wouldn't look at yourself as a whore. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm healed. This is it. (laughs) Show's over, guys. (laughs) We figured it out. Uh, We figured it out. I've been there myself. That's why I know. Yeah. No, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's true. Even though it's like, you know, at that point, too, like, I'm starting to feel empowered. I, mm-hmm. I, like, I was learning how to get an orgasm. I mean, uh-huh. That was even something that was really tough for me, too. And, mm-hmm. like, this one particular guy would, like, you know, give me a lot of orgasms, and that was, like, the first time. And then, so, you're right. Like, that, there was a lot of shame. Right. Wow. That's why you fooled yourself in thinking you had emotional attachment. Yeah, because I look back, and, like, you know, being in love with my boyfriend now, I look back, I'm like, I, I know I wasn't in love with them, right. you know? And I just thought, like, is it, is right. it the oxytocins? Is it, you know? And so, oh, my gosh, that just changed everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm speechless. You know, <laughs> it's especially a problem for women, so it's very common. Yeah. And I find that when the female can truly own her sexuality through sex she is one powerful goddess for sure yeah and and for me so you know my boyfriend now we talk about eventually getting you know one day inviting someone else in sexually or we'll have other sexual partners whatever we decide at that moment but i've talked about it all the time on the show i've never actually hooked up with the woman Mm. And that was something that I've always wanted to explore and just didn't know how to get there. And I think it was a lot of like body shame mm-hmm. of myself, like seeing another woman's nice, mm-hmm. you kind of compare and like, but it's like, I have this, like this fantasy that I want to see my boyfriend have sex with another woman. Oh, that's a common fantasy. And that's a very hot one too. Yeah. Um, comparing, I'm like, how do I do that? Comparing <laughs> is the opposite of love. Whether it's a woman comparing her body to the other woman they're playing with or the man comparing his penis to the other guy they're they're playing with. That's the opposite of love. Then, again, you're not coming from that place of love. Oh, so how do I go about... So, you know, you mentioned if if you decide to do open up, you know, your relationship, you shouldn't tell people. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about finding partners if you can't... Oh, there's, a, there's, there's different ways. There's apps yeah. and okay. it's all private. But first you have to, and it's fun just to talk it over with your partner. Right. They would be into, and even if it's no more than just play talk, you know. Right, okay. right. Or role play scenes or something like that. But um, you need to really find out once you start taking that step what that would look like. You know, if somebody could wave a magic wand, what do you guys see yourselves doing? Mm, yeah okay and I also there is this like theory that I always hear around with like swingers and the pineapple situation if there's like a pineapple on the door or if there's like a symbol of a pineapple is that true I don't know what that is okay maybe I just saw a tiktok on it I don't even know um I don't know I just heard like the symbol of a pineapple meant like you were a swinger no okay that's just 
Is that just uh, TikTok? Being, TikTok? Someone being like man. starting rumors? Yeah, okay, starting okay, okay. rumors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> no, that's not true. But yeah, so I mean, with, yeah, I guess like my biggest concern. And besides, no one's going to go knock at your door. Oh, hey. Right. Let's like, get it on. <laughs> that is, I know. And that's why I was figuring out. I was like, how does that. Like, how do you go about if you, like, leave a pineapple no, or you do something? bullshit. I'm okay. sorry. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I guess my, like, biggest thing is, like, I have been, like, craving, like, when we have sex, like, I'll, like, when we dirty talk, I'll be, mm-hmm. like, oh, imagine, you know, someone else there and we'll, like, talk it out. And it's, like, so hot. Like, I, I just, whoo. Again, I, why? Because you're born a sexual being. That's why it's so hot. Yeah. And I feel so comfortable with him. Like, I feel like in my past relationships, you know, there was, I never felt very secure. Like, I always felt like there was a lot of lies to see or whatever it was. Sure. And I never thought in a million years that I would be okay with, like, seeing my partner have sex with someone. But, like, because now I'm, like, in a healthy, mature relationship, it's, like, I'm able, like, my mind is clear Mm -hmm. and I'm able to, like, explore that kind of like avenue of sex Mm -hmm. and just like look at sex as just like an art Mm -hmm. you know like versus when I was in relationship and again like hooking up with guys like I felt like I had such a different relationship with sex then than I am now Mm -hmm. in a relationship Mm -hmm. it's almost like oh yeah I could just have detached sex Mm -hmm. you know I don't know but like you know what I did when I was doing my bachelor's because I knew I was going to be working in the field of human sexuality I would have events for women only different types, uh, women that were even conservative or married, all different types. And then I would have something done, and then I would interview them afterwards what they felt. So once I had uh, a a friend of mine who was a dom bring her slave boy over, and she uh, had sex with him with her strap on. Mm. And so after afterwards, I talked with all of the women there, and they all said that one thing that surprised them is how natural they thought it was. Oh, when they used to strap on. on, Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh And none of them have ever seen something live like that before. And that just told me they were all in the present moment and they weren't in that judgmental space. Right. And they were allowing themselves to be there. That's why it was natural. Wow. You see, our own thoughts, our own judgment is what stops us. From like really exploring. I did many uh, things like that. So was it when she was, had a strap on with a, a male or just female or anybody, just in general? Oh, it the, was the dom? Or, no, she was, uh, she was okay. using the strap on, on her slave boy. Oh, I see, I see, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, because I feel like that. Um, and he was fabulous, too. He would, like, rub all the ladies' feet and bring them cocktails. He was so great. I love that. Uh, so, but it really did, um, they were shocked at how natural it felt. Wow, yeah, because I feel like I wouldn't, I would think it'd be like more of a masculine energy. And like, I think that like, what this is just assuming what society thinks again, I'm not, you know, you looked at me too. Like, are you sure? (laughs) You know, I want you to talk. I want you to to, like to talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause, um, and I know that you briefly mentioned it too. So Mm -hmm. I want to transition into that, but like it, you know, I guess it is like what I would think would be masculine energy. Mm -hmm. So it's something that like, it would I even be into that since I do love being, more feminine and all that stuff so but again I don't want to like say no to doing anything mm-hmm. if my partner ever wanted to explore that but um I don't know what are your thoughts on that because well, I know <laughs> okay what I like to do with uh clients too is I like them to write down all their beliefs about what is feminine and what is masculine 
and then go back and identify those beliefs. Where did those come from? Did they come from the church? Did they come from society? Because the truth is masculine has a softer side Mm. and feminine has a stronger side. Mm. You see? Yeah. I guess like my thoughts on it are probably like slightly sexist. Because it's well, most of us. Are most that way. of it, yeah. We have to really work at overcoming that. Yeah, and there's a lot of men who love uh, prostate play. Yeah. In fact, the the original one who discovered that was the geishas, and that's what they were well known for, and that's what men would go to them for. Wow. Uh, they were the first ones that uh, discovered it, and they love it. Men love it. Uh, not yeah. all men, but some, right. men who are willing to. Uh, allow that their partner to uh, play that way right yeah because there is that you know stigma and and I've asked my boyfriend if he was interested in that too and he's like I mean I respect it with other people but he's like I like it like makes him uncomfortable but I'm like I feel like you'd like it though you know what I mean every man would like it (laughs) yeah if it's done properly if it's done properly but it's just and I do have an article on my website on uh how to do it properly Oh, okay. Yeah, it's under my published articles. So uh, they can okay. look. Anybody who wants to try it can go read it. It's step-by-step on that. how to do it to your male partner. Okay, cool. In a safe way. Yeah. Okay, amazing. So guys, check that out. Send me the link and I'll put it like okay. down below. And they could definitely check it out. But um, I guess I think I'm more like I'm getting drawn to like the masculine and feminine energy because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm yeah. still trying to. And also, sorry, ADHD kicked in. And also like we are in this generation now where the topic of gender has been Mm -hmm. more like on the forefront of discussion Mm -hmm. and understanding that so it's like I'm even learning how to unlearn those thoughts because with masculine energy I just think like you're it's almost like a buff figure they could go build a house they're like tough they're gonna take care of the family they're all this stuff and the feminine's just more soft more like timid like you could you know, it's just like gentle. They're like a flower, you know? I, I really feel a lot of our gender stuff that's trying to come out is the planet's way of trying to heal the masculine and feminine that we have so ruined I yeah. mean, to the extreme. But most of us see the masculine and the feminine certain ways. Now, within ourselves, we each have those energies. And then we, we perceive other people with those energies. And if even Carl Jung said that if a woman is too identified with her masculine, uh, it will shut her off sexually. In other words, mm. if she's like this tough, da-da-da-da-da, and will never allow her feminine to come in, she has all these masculine qualities, no matter what her sexual preference, she will be shut down sexually. Really? Same thing with a masculine. If a man mm. will totally shut down his masculine, it will shut him down sexually. We have to have that balance within us. We have to be in touch with that. Mm. Okay, I see, I see. It's also very common for people to, because the 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 mind wants to turn pain into pleasure, mm. so it's very common when yes. we have into this. injury um, from a certain energy to then sexually be attracted to that energy. What I'm saying is it's very common if we have a lot of pain, let's say with the mother, um, that we will 
be sexually attracted to a woman, but afraid to act out on it and not even know where it's coming from. And a lot of times it's the mind trying to heal that pain of the feminine energy. And a lot of times the sex can do it. Right, right. Because sex can, sex is a very good tool for healing our injuries. So it's very common when I work with someone that's all of a sudden out of the blue, they're starting to be attracted. I'll give you an example. Had a man in his 50s, very conservative man, all of a sudden started to want to have uh, sex with men. He's very frightened, married, everything. So I immediately went to the father, and his father had just passed, Mm -hmm. and his father was very abusive to him. Mm. and I, I said I think the healing needs to come from the father the masculine yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. and um, yeah. he um, let's see you threw me off yeah, I'm yeah got like, oh, no it's okay no no it's a good thing when I cry yeah. it's a breakthrough yeah yeah, yeah yeah so oh I know what it was because I told him that I said it could be you know, from the father, let's let's heal on that. And he said because all his sexual fantasies were just basically being held by men. Mm, I see, I see. And then, you know, pleasuring them. But they're just most mostly, mainly, mainly them holding them. So see that, uh, so we have to take a look at our desires and where it's coming from. And then some people have outside the, the box desires and they'll come in and tell me about it because there's nothing I have not heard. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll say, is this because I had some traumatic experience? And I'll say, possibly, but who cares? Right. Because the mind is wanting to turn that pain into pleasure. Mm. So you go with it as long as it hurts no one. You allow yourself to heal. Right, right. Yeah, because I mean, I... Like I said before, like I've always wanted to explore with women, but just never, you know, crossed that boundary because, you know, one, obviously shame growing up, like, you know, um, and then I do have like a tough relationship with my mom. Mm. So like, and I'm close to my dad and I feel very like comfortable with my dad and I love my father, but my mom was like always like such tough love. So you're seeking then it sounds like you're seeking tenderness, softness that you the feminine can provide. And I don't know how to be soft and tender with like a woman, you know, because that was, it was always just like her. My mom was always so like intense, you know? So I like never, like even till this day, I mean, sometimes she'll have her moments. She's like, I love you. And Mm she'd be sweet to me. And I get really uncomfortable, like so uncomfortable. My dad says, I love you and hugs me. It's like fine. But my mom gets all sweet to me. I'm like, that means you need healing with the feminine. Yeah, and I'm, like, so, like, I get, like, I roll my eyes. I get, like, I get really stiff. And I'm very, like, you know, like, I, f- I feel like I'm very affectionate. It's just with my mom, for some reason, I can't, like, show emotion. And I can't, I get really stiff when she, like, even gives me a hug. Now, remember, when we bring these things to the front with ourselves, it's not to blame or shame our parents. Mm-hmm. It's to better understand ourselves and how we need to heal. Right, because most of our parents just did the best that they could mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Right, so it's to understand, okay, what do we need for our healing? And it does sound like you do, whether you experience sex with a woman or not, you do need feminine healing. Yeah, healing of the feminine. That's crazy. I'm like mindful, right? Like I'm gonna cry. No, <laughs> love. 
I'm also getting my period a few days too. Oh, so okay. I'm also, <laughs> but it's a mixture of both for sure. And another thing too, like I've actually never even admit this to anyone, but I feel like something is like telling me to like say this out loud. Okay. So bear with me if I get a little emotional, <laughs> but so it's really, I've kind of tried to like black this out in my life, but I felt like, I think, let me try to like recollect, but I do remember when I was about six or seven, uh-huh. I had like a best friend who was like a neighbor. We're not friends anymore. I don't even know where she is, but like she was like a neighborhood friend and we like made out when we were like seven or something. And like, we've like, I can't remember fully what happened, but we was like, when our parents were around, like we would like mm-hmm. kiss or whatever it was. But I always knew it was like, obviously not good. Was she your exact same age? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, that is 100% completely normal. Really? Most people have had that, um, even men. It's very common that their first experience be with their own gender, even a heterosexual male. Wow. Very common. Very, very com. That's one of the most common things. Really, that's sort of natural. Yeah, I mean, it depends because in our time that we're brought up, it's it's not natural. But like, if you look back in like Marie Antoinette time, that's what girls did. It was open out in the open. They played with each other sexually like that. Oh my god! That's how they you know got ready, got got themselves excited. So. We were taught that's not good. As long as one one person isn't older or one person isn't forcing it on the other. Mm. If it's both consensual. Yeah, like we were just like, like playing thing, house. That's very normal. Whoa. That's very normal. Okay. That's natural. You I did was like, what you're natural, you see? Yeah. That's when your sexuality was natural. Whoa. And then it began to change over time. See, it began to, it's got to look this way. It's got to get closer. It's got to get this way. This. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I felt like for so long, it was like such a confusing time. Like I, even when I was younger, like I questioned, I was like, do I like girls? Like, because I, you know, like I would see like someone on TV and I'd be like, Ooh, she's really pretty. Or like, and then again, that happening with my friend, you know? And then like, then feeling like, something you know obviously it felt good it was like nice it was but I like and I remember like when I a few years ago when I kind of reflected back I was like was she like take like was she like I was like I was thinking like maybe she was like I hate saying this word like molested or sexually assaulted well did she initiate it she she initiated it could be then uh, it could be. Yeah, because um, she was the one that, like, brought it to common. my attention. Like, I didn't even was, yeah. I wasn't even, like, curious or anything as like that. But she you weren't being forced to do it. I wasn't forced. I mean, I don't, I don't even remember at this point. Like, I remember it, it was just something like, oh, yeah, like, she would uh-huh. tell me somebody about it. Somebody had done that to her then, unfortunately. Sad. Yeah. Yeah, somebody had done that to her. Yeah. But it wasn't forced on you, so it was more of a natural thing. Yeah, like, she was, yeah. you know, she just, like... She just, you know, was like, oh, let's do this. And then I'm I'm always the type of person that's, like, easily influenced, you know, when I was, especially when I was young. I was like, yeah, sure, you want to, like, pop this molly? Yeah, okay, you know. And so I just was like, yeah, sure, whatever my friends want to do. I like to mm-hmm. please people, like to make people happy. So it was, just, you know, one of those moments where it was introduced to me. And so I... Just like it's natural for a, a child, a baby, to touch itself. 
and want to yeah. play with itself. And that's why it's very dangerous for a parent to say that's bad. Mm. You tell the child uh, that you, you tell it it's natural, but it's not something that you do in public. Okay. That you can do it in your bathtub or you can do it in your room. Okay. You don't shame the child for that. Okay. Good to know. I don't have any kids, but like yeah. I, I eventually do, and I'm sure. And I, I know a lot of parents do listen to this show, so it's, it's good yeah. advice. Okay. I feel like I'm. It's like all. I feel really good that I let that out because I've never even told my boyfriend, like even oh my some goodness. of my closest friends. Honey, that's so normal. Okay. Most every one of us, a lot of us have the same story. Like. Is it around like the same age? Is it like a certain time frame? Different like ages doesn't yeah. matter. Different doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I mean, sometimes uh, cousins will do that. I mean, all that's it's it happens because we're born sexual beings. It yeah. happens, and there should be no shame in it at all. Okay. Unless someone molested you, like an older that hurt you, then there that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's and wrong. that makes me sad that that's definitely because. I did like look back and like she really initiated like she knew what yeah. to do like she taught me how to but kiss you were her. Willing yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, like sure. you know, there's a lot of innocence, you know, yeah. to it. And then yeah, you know, but then she also would like mention like, oh, like don't tell your parents type yeah. of thing. So like she so knew it was somebody like, had done that. Yeah, yeah. So she knew that was like she was also teaching me like that wasn't like a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. okay, wow, that makes me sad okay well shit i'm like we talk about so much so open relationships you know younger like sexuality is there anything else you feel like um you wanted to kind of go over as well too Mm. i would like to mention the importance um of play the importance of our sexuality Okay, so our sexuality is an energy and an essence that lives within us. Sex is only one way of expressing that. There's many ways of expressing your energy. Some people, through the way they dress, some people, the way they cook or they garden or their art or their comic books or, or, or whatever makes you feel alive, what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is when you're using your sexual energy, even sports. If you use your sexual sexual energy towards something, you can bet you're going to be real good at it. Yeah. How do you use your sexual energy towards something? First, you discover what it is that brings you that passion. And then you go, you really go with it. Like something that you love. Um, then you go with it, go with it, go with it. And because sex is only one way that's going to fulfill you. If you want to really get in touch with your energy, like I had mentioned before, my TikTok, that I use my sexual energy for that. I create all my characters. I call it my circus. That is my energy right there on display. Yeah. So um, I recommend everyone doing that, finding out what that passion is for yourself and doing it. Also, sex itself should be playful and fun. If you like to dress as characters, that's okay. If you like to role play, that's okay. I always say what happens between two consenting adults or a room full of consenting adults is great. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Well, like whatever floats your boat type of yeah. thing. It's like a way to really like 
you mean like yeah get into character like I almost feel like you know when I'm having sex with my boyfriend there is this like I do kind of get into character you know like maybe not a specific character I'm not like a bunny or anything like that it's Mm -hmm. just more so like I it's it's a sexual heightened version of me well we all do but you can get into characters you can be a bunny my whole point is, I yeah, mean, I've which, worked with people that they have to dress like the Renaissance era when they have sex. Right. Um, I had a client once that she always wanted to dress as a little girl, but in, from the 1800s. Oh, my gosh. So that so is just creative. something that, right, she had gotten in touch with, whether it's a past life, we don't know about why people want to do that, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that's what stimulates them. Right. You see. Yeah, yeah. And for me, like, I haven't explored too much of, like, different characters, but I just do notice, like, going back to, like, making pain into pleasure, you know, like Mm -hmm. I mentioned before when I was going through my hoe phase and when I was Mm -hmm. single and stuff like that, like, and I would have sex with guys, like, a lot of times I'd, like, meet guys at a bar or, like, go on a, you know, or online and, like, go on a date and then I'd go home and we'd have sex. And... And, like, I would feel, like, a lot of shame. Like, oh, why did I just have this one-night stand with this guy? You know, all these mm-hmm. things. And, like, now with my boyfriend, like, I love to envision just being, like, a, a fucking slut from the bar oh, that good. he picks up and just fucks. That, I love it. And I'm just, like. I love it. And I'm, like. That tells me you need to heal your horse self. I do. Oh, my God. You need to heal your horse <laughs> self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do I like heal my horse self? Is that just through a journey? Yeah. 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 Free yourself. And I guess it goes back to like my biggest question about like shame, how we mentioned in the beginning, like, you know, the religious shame or like our parents or just society in general, right. you know, telling us that we shouldn't be so sexual. Like what are some like, you know, some advice that you give people out there who are struggling with that? You know, it all comes down to, I recommend, first of all, um, working with either uh, a sex coach, sex therapist, someone that is very open and loving. Yeah. They can really make a difference in your life, even if it's just a few sessions. They can really help you. But it does come down to self-love and permission. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I also didn't really masturbate, like, till this day, like you know really? master like I don't really like I love a vibrator don't get me wrong like mm-hmm. love a vibrator during sex mm-hmm. like I've you know if, if I do masturbate it's like I'm masturbating in front of my boyfriend like it's uh-huh. like we're doing it like together mm-hmm. um but I've like never just had like alone time and just like masturbated mm-hmm. like by myself mm-hmm. and that's something I think I need to start getting comfortable with because there's still like a lot of shame in my own body so masturbation can be a tricky one while it is healthy and it is good it can also interfere in relationships um what i mean by that i get a lot of couples that come in we're just only having sex once a month we just neither one of us have libidos anymore okay are either of you (laughs) masturbating (laughs) (laughs) yes we're each masturbating like two or three times a week well guess what you don't have low libido (laughs) right right (laughs) you're like it's there yeah so masturbation can get in the way of doing the hard work to get laid by your partner Mm. that's where it can cause some problems yeah but if that's not an issue 
then definitely um, it can be a healthy thing. Yeah, because for me, like, and I mentioned on the show before, like, I, again, ADHD, sometimes my mind could be, and I'm like a workaholic, still trying to Mm -hmm. deal with that with my therapist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, like, I have so much on my mind that, like, I don't even think about sex. Mm. And, like, but he has, like, a higher sex drive. That's a very important one you just said. Okay, because um, our sex, uh, sexuality is like an appetite. Uh, that's why I work with something called sexual anorexia. Oh, it's just, so w- let's compare it to food uh, anorexia. You go long enough without eating, what happens? Your stomach shrinks to the point where you do not even desire food anymore. In fact, you're revolted by it. Sexual anorexia is the exact same thing. You can go without it so long or starve yourself so long that you lose your appetite. A lot of people, because they're so into labels, will label themselves asexuals when, in fact, they're just suffering from sexual anorexia. Okay. So you, I think it's important for males and females, but especially females, to feed that appetite every day, whether it be having a few naughty thoughts or watching, reading a little erotica or watching a little bit of naughty porn every day or looking at uh, some nudes or something or some mm. hot guys on Instagram or hot girls on Instagram. Uh, feed it every day. Just uh, feed that appetite to keep that appetite growing. Uh, sex is something that the more you have, the more you want. And it's the opposite, too. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I, you know, even when I was single and again, like I said, I would get like super, um, super attached to guys that that would only just want sex and nothing more. And there would be points and where I would, you know, pretty much be celibate where I would deprive Mm -hmm. my having sex right. with with partners because i knew that like they would hurt my heart and it would break my heart and all these things so i was trying to protect myself yeah, sure. and so and honestly even before my boyfriend like i didn't have sex for two years mm-hmm. and so now getting to a relationship and i thought like i was like oh once i'm in a relationship i'm gonna fuck every day but it's just like it actually is like been the opposite where it's like i'm so used to like grinding and working for myself that I like uh-huh. and not having sex all the time that mm-hmm. like I've now in a relationship I'm like oh wait like we're well, obviously <laughs> using because you're so good at what you do your work is a reflection of your sexuality mm. so that's powerful that's good but yeah you don't want to deny yourself that physical pleasure right as well yeah yeah so I like that advice to like just even Every little day. things mm-hmm. yeah because it's like sometimes you think like okay well, maybe just start masturbating and it could be like, well, I don't feel like it, you know, but it's just the small steps. Just think Well, you don't even sexual. have to go that far. Yeah. You could just yeah. think some naughty thoughts in your mind to give it a little appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he Cause like. you said earlier, I don't think about it. Well, that's the problem. Mm, think about it. Think about yeah. sex. You think about sex all the time, you're going to be horny all the time. I know. <laughs> and well, you think though, like I'm editing the show, like you think that I'm thinking about sex, but it's like, it becomes work, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because sure. this is, it is work. And I mean, I love what I do and all this stuff, but like, yeah, when I am in the zone of like business wise, it's like, I don't even think about me having sex, you yeah. know, I don't even think about any of that. And like, he like, I mean, masturbates like every morning, mm-hmm. like he's, if anything, like he's the opposite where, and this is where we, you know, cause sex is great when we do have sex, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the, it's getting there sometimes that could be difficult. And like, 
the, you know, he's the opposite where when I'm stressed, I don't want sex. When he's stressed, he wants sex. Of course. And so I like feel bad. Like I feel guilty that like I can't give pleasure him all the time. You know, I mean, he never makes me feel guilty. He's very understanding, but of course he's also human and like has his needs and stuff. So I, you know, try, you know, I try to be considerate, but sometimes it, it Mm -hmm. does get, it does get difficult. Sure. unfortunately you know and so um because i want to make him happy and he deserves it mm-hmm. but um well i mean there's a balance it's not you, most people can't have sex two times a day they don't have time right so I mean, yeah there is certainly going to be a balance and it all depends on people's ages and how long they've been together is what the balance is that you strike right right uh, I've, I've learned a lot oh good like this was very like eye-opening well, because thank you for having me Thank you. And like, I mean, I've even like, like, you know, unloaded yeah. some trauma that I, you know, have never even admitted to anybody. So sex is so important because, um, even with things like depression or anxiety, it can be healed through sex. There's two ways to go about it. People can go to, you know, therapists and work on their depression and that, but you can also get in touch with your sexuality, that that special part of yourself, and heal yourself that way. Yeah. You can find who you are as a human being through your sexuality. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you change. I do find a more relaxed scale. Are you familiar with the Kinsey no, scale? No, I'm not. Yeah, Kinsey, uh, Kinsey believed he, from zero to ten, zero being totally uh, um, heterosexual, ten being uh, totally gay. He believed all of us throughout our lifetime float different levels of the scale mm. for different reasons. Yeah, I agree, too. I always say, like, I don't think, you know, anyone's really just, like, just heterosexual. Right. Or, you know, like, I think that we've all had at one point, like, curiosities of what Mm -hmm. you know um i also like before we end Mm -hmm. but i just i feel like this wasn't something i've been wanting to talk about i think this is the perfect time Mm -hmm. i had a comment on my apple podcast reviews where someone like kind of was upset about the uh asexuality and how it wasn't and Uh that they were like why are you acting like you know we're I forgot exactly what they said but they're like that it's not real like we we matter too Uh and so and for me, I like I don't remember if I said anything negative or what exactly triggered them, but um, I think if we kind of just give them a space to like, or for us to like feel more educated on what asexuality is, if you if you feel comfortable with that. Okay, so that <laughs> is I noticed a label that brings out a lot of anger because people real there's some people they want to identify with that and they want to own it and. You cannot even question them about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had some people so, definitely uh, knock me Personally, I would say, in the, uh, you know, because being a clinical sexologist, I would ask them what that means and why is that so important to them. And then I would um, explore different things like the sexual anorexia, perhaps some trauma in the past of why they can't feel, you know, uh, experience pleasure and also then I would explore the sexuality versus the sex mm. so let's get in touch with your sexuality I would start that there forget the sex get in touch with your sexuality yeah like meaning like yeah. the pleasure or what you're attracted to again remember goes back to 
Yes. What makes you feel alive? Okay. What brings you the pleasure? It is actually very uncommon, mm. extremely rare. But again, don't spew hate at me because <laughs> I know people get very angry over this. They yeah. really want to own that title, that label. But, uh, and you may be, but it's worth, because your sexuality and sex is such a beautiful and important part of life, it's worth exploring that maybe it's a little deeper than that. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Don't come after me. Don't come after me either. <laughs> yeah, I, I have yeah. enough hate, trust me. <laughs> Same. Oh, my God. I deal with it all every day, oh, all day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, yeah. Well, thank you again. This was very enlightening. I feel like this was therapy. So, um, oh, I, like, I hope that, and, and I know for sure that a lot of people are definitely going to feel enlightened, too, especially about how, you know, what happened when I was younger and, like, you just being like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, that's totally normal. It's like, mm-hmm. then, I, without a doubt, someone needed to hear that too and so that was so thank you Mm -hmm. um yeah any last words where can people find you Mm -hmm. all the spaces all the links uh i'm tiktok the erotic doctor with a k and you put all that in there yeah 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 yeah. and my uh website is just my name stephaniehunterjones.com yes and And all my uh paintings are on there all my published articles and um all that great stuff Amazing. And, and my articles are full of very good information from squirting to everything. So all a lot of how-tos on there. Amazing. You guys, I'm definitely going to binge read everything because <laughs> I still have so much to learn. But um, yes, and then follow me, Stephanie Megan, or go to brokertherapy.com. All that shit is there. Love you guys. Love Bye. You. Bye. Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Girl Therapy. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.